This is the UNC Coaches Show, presented by Bank of Colorado, a Northern Colorado's voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here's Blake Olson and Matt Gator. And happy Tuesday to everyone in Greeley, West Greeley. We're at the GOAT. Come on out for the UNC Coaches Show with head coach Ed Lamb as we have two more weeks of college football here at UNC. I am Blake Olson along with Matt Gator, and we have another big one coming up for the Bears. They're trying to earn that first victory of the season. They take on Northern Arizona, and we've got a bunch of great Bears fans here this evening to support them. Man, it is so good to see these people here this evening. First of all, uh, Jeremy, Abby, and Maverick, are here and they're here almost every week along with wow terry gaber i can't believe we haven't seen him in a month where have you been you grew a beard you you, you still have your mustache and you're here it's great and of course mark larson and maureen larson are here we appreciate their support uh for unc bears football uh week in week out head coach ed lamb is here and coach great to see you i know you're under the lights and the sun going down early and uh just got off the practice field so we appreciate you being here yeah absolutely beautiful weather tonight for uh, practice and uh i think the guys really enjoyed it brought a little different energy to be going out there actually when it's dark with the lights on coach uh first of all you you took another top five team to the end uh you, you started uh a lot of different players your center was out a couple of uh d linemen a couple of defensive backs a linebacker a safety uh one of your top running backs was out and a receiver and then you start shake heikendall who on the depth chart was three uh, because of Jacob Sermon and Hank Gibbs unable to to go. Despite all of that, you were only a touchdown and the length of the field basically to tie this game or possibly win it if you go for two. And we know that the pick six ended the game. But the bottom line, the effort was there. I think a lot of these fans, they're seeing it week in, week out. We saw it in the press box. I know that's not good enough for you, but... I'll tell you what, you could see it from up top. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you would ask the question, is it good enough for me uh, in the, on the short term or the long term? I, <laughs> and I'll just tell you that, you know, one of the players actually reminded me of this. I, it, about 10 days ago, a week and a half ago or so, I brought in about 12 players on our team and uh, said, hey, this is the time of year where we go out and get freshmen um, and bring in new freshmen, make offers for scholarships. And we're not doing that until we take care of the good players right here that are not on full scholarship or not on scholarship at all, we're going to spend our first available scholarship funds on the guys who are here on the team. And uh, I, I guess there were a lot of guys that were shocked at that because mm-hmm. we haven't won a game. Right. <laughs> they don't feel very sure. good about themselves. I feel great about our players. I feel great about our future. I feel great about our team. It's not about, you know, I've had people maybe around town or whatever say, well, just, you know, wait till you bring in your own guys. And sure, we're going to recruit every year. We're going to work our butts off on that. But we can win with the guys we have. They're competing every week uh, with all they've got, and they'll get better. And it's a very young team. We hardly lose anybody. So um, completely disappointed, uh, down, like had to just pick myself off up off of the turf there on, oh, on I, that interception. I can imagine. And it's like that every week after every loss. 
but I couldn't be more excited every week to get back with the boys, keep getting better, keep striving, and uh, it'll it's going to happen. They're, you know, I, I'm betting all of my resources on it happening instead of cleaning house and going and getting new players, uh, like is the popular thing in college football right now. I'm investing in the guys that we have. Coach, I was going to wait to ask this question until the second segment, but we kind of are segueing right into it. I was going to ask about the transfer portal a little bit. It doesn't really, in my opinion, I don't think it matters whether you go undefeated and win the national championship or don't win a game. There's always going to end up being people from a team that end up transferring. So when that happens, what is kind of the difference in recruiting and trying to bring in people from the transfer portal or bringing in freshmen that you're going to have to develop? I love what the transfer portal does for college football. I love how it holds coaches accountable. If players don't feel like that they've been communicated well with, if they don't feel like they're going to have a future at your school, they have an opportunity. We didn't have that when I played, maybe not when you played. I don't, you know, I don't know, but uh, it, it, it's, I think it's a fantastic thing for football. For us at UNC, it's not how we're going to build the program. We, last year we went to the transfer portal for some immediate needs. Now that, you know, every year that we're here longer and longer, we'll have less and less transfer portal guys. I believe that we can, with the way that we do things, we can develop a freshman over a five- and six-year period at a greater rate than we can get a transfer portal guy who's got all kinds of other options, all kinds of mm-hmm. o- other offers. Most guys want to go to the place with the richest winning tradition, the biggest stadium. We don't have that right now. But what we do have is uh, a fantastic weight room, and a culture that we're building that we'll be the hardest working team in America. So with the portal, and is that something that you think about with people potentially wanting to leave and enter the portal, or is that one of those that worry about that after the season's done? Most likely the people that are going to leave didn't want to be here anyway, so replace them with someone that wants to be here. Um, it's both. I think about it. Um, I, it's a motivator for me to, to communicate well with players, to make sure they know exactly where they stand, good or bad. My philosophy is if I'm thinking it, they deserve to know it good or bad and so all of our i make all of our position coaches rate every player on our roster at all times and update the rating so if a player ever comes to me they know exactly where they stand and and the four categories are uh uh, nfl potential uh the second category is um starter on a on a championship team the next is contributor on a championship team and then the next line is beneath that. Anybody that doesn't have the potential to be a contributor on a championship team, they deserve to know that we feel that way about them. So the transparency, that, that's a beautiful thing because they're going to be transparent, you're going to be transparent, and as long as they know where you stand, you can build this thing for not only yourself and the school and the coaching staff and the fans, but also for the player. You, they know exactly what they're getting with you, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, there's no question. Like, you know, I mean, if you go and, and talk with, like, Coach Prime, right? I love a list of Coach Prime. He, he, I've co- never heard of him. He's got <laughs> he, he, he actually has a lot of humility, right? For yeah. all the flash, there's a lot of humility in what he says a lot of times. Yeah, there is some. <laughs> but, you know, when you're talking to Coach Prime, uh-huh. it, it, you know, versus talking to a guy like me, my whole playing career was frustration about not being communicated with, was frustration about not achieving the goals that I wanted to achieve as an individual player. I can relate to the guy who's going through it <laughs> in a different way than probably Coach Prime and some of these other guys that are in the business, right? I mean, I also worked for Coach Harbaugh. It was the same thing. You know, yeah. like Coach Harbaugh was, like, born the best player on his team, and he <laughs> always was, and a Heisman finalist and all that. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm the guy that had to work incredibly hard to, like, start four games my my senior year you know like so it's just a different it's a different dynamic 
So, Coach, I want to go back into this game that we just had this last Saturday. I asked you a little about it post-game, but now that you've had a chance to watch the film, what are your thoughts on Kuykendall's performance and his chance to lead the offense? I thought, uh, I thought that Shea did a, an excellent job of managing the game, and that's sometimes a backhanded compliment to a quarterback. I recognize that, and, and I, I've said it to Shea, um, and, and he did manage the game. Obviously, we were challenged. We threw the ball 22 times for 66 yards. That's not good, that's not good enough to win a game in the, in the situation that we were in, especially late. Um, it, but some things that I thought he did particularly well, he got us out of a few sacks. He got back to the line of scrimmage. He kept some drives going. He does, he does a great job of operating the offense pre-snap. There's a different energy when he's out there with the whole team. He moves with more urgency. He communicates with more urgency. Uh, and, and when I say more, I'm, I'm not just comparing him to Sermon. I'm saying more than most guys I've been around. He's really, really good that way, very intelligent. And uh, when he actually takes the snap on the run plays, he presents the ball for an extra tenth of a second in a neutral position, and it, it, it keeps the defense honest. And then he also keeps it with a lot of intensity, the, his fake off of the run or if he keeps the ball. And, it, and it, it opened up some run game for us. There is a role for him on game day going forward. Uh, for, for those reasons and for the fact that, that Serm is still coming back uh, from his injury yeah. and he's available today, he did practice, and we're excited about Serm. We're excited to have both of those quarterbacks, and you may see a third. Right. Top secret on that one. Okay. Who it is. But, okay. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I don't think it'll be Hank Gibbs, but, but then again, who, 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 yeah. who knows? <laughs> and you're not going to tell us here tonight. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I think that says a lot about the intricacies of the quarterback position because we noticed that with the offense on, on one of those draws, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you're, and you're right, I mean, I totally get it. I, th- I think you painted the picture perfectly looking at it from up above. It was just a split second hesitation on one of the draws or, or the play action. I can't even remember. Uh, I, think but, we, but, we, I think we were seeing it with both. Exactly. Yeah, it, I, it, I appreciate you saying our, that. Even our regular oh. run plays. Yeah, there, yes. were, we, there were a couple of more draws than we normally run, but even our regular timed run plays. Yeah. And i got to give some credit to Wilson Clark. We've had some snap yes. issues. Uh, where the ball's been, you know, Sir, most of the year has been fielding balls, and it's a good thing he's tall to his right, to his left, up right. high. Wilson Clark put snaps right on the money, and Shea, but just it, it, he actually, what we call the mesh point, where he puts it in the running back's gut, he rides that thing longer than Serm does because he's, you know, he just has a different set of skills. And Serm is generally looking over the top of the, of the line of scrimmage to see if he can pull it and throw it. And uh, Shea is looking really through the line of scrimmage to see if he can pull it and run it. And that made a difference to our running backs. I think that just gives the entire offense a whole different feel, a different style that they can run. So now, obviously, we're going to have Hunter Green on in the second half of this show. So I want to ask about that fake punt that was called and just kind of the trust to call that inside of your own territory on a fourth and long play. Is that something working on throughout the week? How did that come about? Yeah, uh, something that really, uh, in a sense, we work on it all year because we talk about you know, uh, I often talk with Hunter about, well, what, what did you see there? Did you see a heavy rush? Did you see a light rush? And so we noticed that Idaho committed a lot of guys to hold up, what we call hold up, and they're turning their back to the punter. And typically they only bring two, and that's what we expected in the game. They happened to bring three on, the, uh, on that one, and, uh, and Hunter just did a great job of making two of them miss. And, and our, even the blocking that we had was a little bit confused because we had practiced against two rushers, which was their tendency. Before we take a break, Coach, uh, 
Ladavion Osborne, one of those players who who got after it. We've seen him make big plays this season, but he had his opportunity as well. What makes him a, a special player? Well, he's, you know, he's he's really battled. You know, I I got to start with with character whenever we're talking about a player making plays because every you know just to get on the field, there's there's a lot right. just just to get to college football, right? Sure. And and he certainly has his own story, and he'd be a, an interesting guy to have on here and and talk to sometime on the show but um, just you know in the time that we've been here uh, the academic work that he's put in uh, to put himself in a position to get on the field um, he physically he's as talented as any corner I've been around and I've been really lucky with corners a lot of guys have played in the NFL that I've had the privilege to coach I've told him he has NFL potential yeah. and um, and I use that word potential uh, very carefully sure. you know, it's like we we need to develop this buddy and you've yeah. got you've got a responsibility we all have a responsibility now to develop this but an um, outstanding outstanding individual play on the interception no doubt uh, we have much more to come on the unc coaches show from the goat in west Greeley. head coach ed lamb is here and we have plenty of bears fans also and matt gator and myself will come back and we'll talk to head coach ed lamb about the northern Arizona Lumberjacks coming up in week 11 of college football here in Northern Colorado. Stay with us on 103.1 and 1310 KFK. All right, welcome back to Wes Greeley and the GOAT. Head coach Ed Lamb is here with Gator and myself. I keep on saying myself. We looked that up with with Gator and me. I I don't want to say with Gator and I. Uh, Gator and I will have the game coming up on Saturday against Northern Arizona at 1 o'clock. Pre-game show begins at noon. Hunter Green, the kicker and punter, coming up. Hunter, make sure you order something to eat, okay? Get some French fries and get some real good stuff here at the Golden West Greeley if you haven't ordered already. He's coming up after Coach um, Coach Lamb. When you take a look at Northern Arizona, uh, three wins on the season, but they had a huge victory over Montana. I think that was week four would have been their uh, first Big Sky Conference uh, game of the year. So they can beat quality teams. There's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Yep, they they um, they're they're really built uh, to hang around in games. They play good defense, good solid defense. Defensive coordinator's personal friend and a guy that I've worked with at BYU and does a good job. Very intelligent guy, hardworking guy. Um, and off- offensively, they've kind of figured out that their best chance to be in games is is to make sure and establish the run. They've got two running quarterbacks, and and they'll throw the ball. You know, they, they like anybody. They're not going to just you know run it the whole time. You know, even. Uh, even Air, even Air Force is going to throw it once in a while, you know. So um, that's right. Needed yeah. to this last week. Yeah, and uh, but we'll, you know, I think I think it's um, it's a great opportunity. You know, we we, we would like to have, um, you know, when, when when we can beat a team, we'd like it to be a good team, as good a team as we can possibly play. And I think there's a lot of value in competing for this victory here against NAU, and and our, they have the full respect of our team. So, Coach, this is one of those games that, while I was a player, the home team always won this matchup. And then I was looking at it earlier. The home team has won this matchup every single time, dating back to 2012. was the last time that NAU beat UNC at home in Greeley. Does that say anything about this matchup, or is that just kind of one of those stats that it is what it is but doesn't have much effect, especially with a new regime here? 
You know, I've really felt like that uh, that FCS football. I know, you know, like we all know the kind of the, the three point line in the NFL, and, and I think major college football is. You know, it, when I've been involved in that, I think it's probably something similar. I've just I, I don't have any stat any data to back it up, but I've felt like FCS football is a stronger home field advantage and, and i just think there's yeah i, I think it's uh, I mean it's it's big time football we have nfl prospects we have we have great players at this level but i think there's also a little bit more purity and you're representing your 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 city your area your school um in a way that i don't know if you find anymore at the major mm-hmm. college level yep that's true before we move on uh I forgot to ask you about Jordan Hornbeek and Caden Meese. We saw more of them over the weekend getting their opportunities. Hornbeek, I, I hadn't watched him a lot because he's usually on the scout team or uh, fourth on the depth chart. But, man, he got he got stronger and bigger, and he ran really well, didn't he? Yeah, I would say he's a, a candidate for most improved. Um, you know, the, what he's done with his body in the time we've been here, the weight that he's gained. And he was in the spring. He was running cautiously, you know, um, you know, and and that can be a lot of different reasons, you know, just afraid to make a mistake, uh, you know, not not comfortable playing physical in practice, you know, with the idea that we protect each other. But uh, I mean, he really has shown up in the last two weeks as a hard physical runner, big body, enough speed to to break away. He's going to be a big part of our future. So does that make it easier on coaching staffs or harder? when you have multiple guys at the same position that you trust and that you feel like can go out there and execute what you want them to do. Oh, it's so much easier. That's the, that's the, I mean, the, the next step for us is the, the competition that comes within the program at every position where everybody feels like their job is on the line every practice and that at any time if they show up late, if they miss an assignment, if they do anything, they feel like their playing time is threatened. And, and we're, we're not quite there yet with our depth, but we're getting there fast. 10-7 at halftime over the weekend. Defense doing an incredible job. Makai Johnson uh, was out there as well at safety. How about him? How did he do? Had his best game. Uh, did he? I thought, yeah, I thought Makai had been contact shy early in the season. He missed out on some playing time, missed out on some tackles. Again, you know, I don't know that it's all, you know, like people like to say, oh, this guy's wimpy or that guy's wimpy. <laughs> I'm not a big believer in that. I'm a, I started playing football very late personally, mm-hmm. and so we always see – things through our own lens the contact part of the game became came late for me because of confidence and and Makai's a guy that is getting more and more confident in the contact part of the game I thought he tackled incredibly well that was a big moment for him against a good team so coach you mentioned the home field advantage when talking about NAU they're I think one of the highest if not the highest elevations in the big sky they're at 6,900 feet and I remember people talking about that the last time I was going to play there it was back in 2019 and wasn't really worried about it. And that first drive got out there, I was gassed halfway <laughs> through the drive. Maybe I was just out of shape. I always thought I was one of our more in-shape linemen. But is that something you've talked to the team about at all or is just being from Colorado think that we should be okay out there? Yeah, I, I, you know, um, I've, I've been coaching at, at, at altitude schools for a while. Yeah. Uh, BYU is 4,500. I think that's closer yeah. to us. Uh, SU yeah. is almost 6,000, so you, we never felt that. That was our rival. Our designated rival was NAU. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I, I think our guys are in really good physical shape. The way that we practice is is up tempo and more intense than most uh, other teams. So I, I don't think it'll be much of an issue. I'd probably, if I mention it, I'll mention it just the same way I mentioned. Sure. You know where the sun, which direction the wind's going to blow, and which where the sun is, and and how that might affect the game. But it'll be pretty quick mention. 
And we mentioned uh, Hunter Green coming up uh, in just a few minutes. What does he have to be concerned with in the dome there? Kicking. Anything? Yeah, the kickers, they get excited. And, you know, Hunter's a, he's a double-duty guy. I mean, triple, really. He's the kickoff yep. guy. He's the field goal guy. He's the punt guy. He expects to have some good numbers on that day. And really for him, he, he's a veteran now. He understands that. You know, it's not how hard you swing, and that's, uh, right. that's uh, you know he can he <laughs> he can tell you that better than I can, and that's why he gets some of those those you know big boomers is because he's just letting his natural athletic ability take over. Coach, thanks a lot. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, UNC head coach Ed Lamb from the Northern Colorado Bears as they get ready for Northern Arizona. Got a nice crowd here at the Golden West Greeley. You still have time to come on out. Get some dinner, bring the family out here. You have monitors for all the sports uh, viewing excitement uh, that you look for every night in Greeley. Stay with us on 1031 and 1310 KFKA. We're giving away door prizes, and who knows, maybe Matt Gator will give away a few avalanche tickets. I will not. <laughs> We're trying to, to coax him here. I don't know if that's going to happen. All right. all right, stay with us on the UNC Coaches Show from the GOAT. Welcome back to West Greeley and the GOAT on 1031 and 1310 KFK. It's the UNC Coaches Show. Blake Olson along with Matt Gator will have the game coming up this Saturday, week 11, for the UNC Bears at Northern Arizona against the Lumberjacks as the Bears continue to fight a heartbreaking loss over the weekend against number five, Idaho, at Nottingham Field. We are going to introduce our next uh, special guest, the punter and kicker extraordinaire, Hunter Green. Good to see you, Hunter. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys uh, having me here. It's... All right. Let, let's. You are an interesting dude. I'll tell you what. I, I met your father in, in California after the Cal Poly game. You came over and you said, hey, my dad wants to talk to you. And I said, oh, what did I say wrong about that? I thought he was mad that, you know, we talked about your dyed hair or something. (laughs) So uh, it was great talking to him. What a great, great man. Great family. Uh, You had plenty of support there. Let's talk about, um, first, where did you grow up? Uh, In Washington, correct? Yeah, so... um I pretty much, so I was born in California. Um, I moved to Washington when I was nine months old. Um, uh, both my parents lived in Washington for uh, like most of my years growing up. Uh, my mom's lived in the same house for like the past 20 years So in Redmond, Washington. So Redmond, Washington is like pretty much where I call home. And then my dad's bounced, bounced around a little bit in Washington. Um, and now he lives down in Southern California in Temecula. But Washington is like definitely like what I claim and That's where, home, I, where I love. So I'm always interested with punters and specialists. Did you grow up and throughout high school play any other sports? Were you a soccer player, or have you just always kind of been a kicker, punter, while playing football? Yeah, so growing up, it was like it was pretty much all about soccer, and so soccer was my thing. Um, and then kind of just over time, I kind of got war- like worn down. It was just like practices were the same. Everything was kind of the same. And so um, those soccer coaches, man, they just burn <laughs> you out, won't they? Yeah, practice every day. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of running compared to what I do now, so maybe that's why I made the, the career change. But um, good choice. <laughs> but yeah, and so going into like my eighth grade year, that's kind of when I stopped playing soccer, and um, I I kind of picked up kicking in like in sixth grade. That's that's where I kind of 
realized that, oh, this is something I can do. This is something I could, if I would work out, I could be pretty good at. And um, I already, I had never played like organized tackle football. I played flag football with some buddies um, growing up. So it was kind of, it was kind of something new to me. My mom was kind of worried at first. She's like, tackle football? Like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so ninth grade, uh, freshman year was my, like my first year of organized football. And then it kind of just, just went up from there. Okay, now I would remember, I don't know about Gator, but I would remember where I was the first time I really kicked a football and I knew, hey, I could do that. Where was that? Do you remember? Yeah, I actually actually do remember that. So um, my my dad was a massive University of Washington fan, and so um, me and my buddy Luke, um, who plays, he plays soccer at Seattle New now, but um, me and buddy Luke uh, were signed up for a summer camp at uh, University of Washington when we were in, I think, like fifth grade. And so... A um, summer uh, camp, of kicking camp? No, no, no. Oh, a summer not, camp. Not, just, just fun. Just like, fun, yeah, fun. Just, just like football, just like all the stuff. We just gotcha. played like seven on seven against some other uh, younger kids. But um, gotcha. they had us waiting before the camp forever. It was like our <laughs> wait. Like just everybody was coming in late. And so, you know, they just had like the cones. I, mean, I can't even think about it. Just like cones um, that you'd use for like sports, like soccer and football and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so we just grabbed cones, we'd set up the football because, I mean, we played soccer, so that's what we do, we'd kick a ball. So we just set them up and we started, um, we'd kick the footballs, we'd kick them up, up into the uprights. And um, with that, uh, that, that day I made like a 30-yarder. And so, like, I was like, okay, like, that's pretty far. And, I mean, the UW oh, coaches, wow. the UW coaches uh, saw it as well that were there at the time. And um, the special teams coordinator actually talked to my dad about it. And so it was, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. He was ready to sign you up, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Starts early. Now, was that on the on the practice field or in the stadium? No, it was in the go? it was in the stadium. So they wow. had they had that camp held in the well. They had it held like across like all the fields that they have there. But um, like the original grouping and gathering where we did the warm up was inside the stadium. So it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So obviously, you're doing the kickoffs, punting, and extra points, field goals for UNC. Do you have one that you like more out of all three of those? Um, I don't know if. I would say I like any more one than the other, but it's kind of just I feel like the things I specialize at most would be like field goals. That's probably what I spend the most amount of time working on, and um, it's always it's always fun to get some points on the board. But um, honestly, I'd probably say I like kickoffs the most, just because you're just putting like all, like you're putting all your strength into the ball. You're just trying to slam as far. Well, <laughs> at least that's the our game plan is just to slam the ball as right. far downfield as possible. And so every time I see that see the ball go out for a touchback i'm like oh yeah like yeah returner you're not returning that one i, I get a, i get a good kick out of seeing the returner kind of drop his head be like oh man and so uh yeah kickoffs kickoffs give me some juice well you talked about the physical aspect of football and if you do get in that in the mix <laughs> and you had your opportunity over the weekend you got to fake this this punt and you were ready you lowered your shoulder on that one didn't you <laughs> yeah i kind of <laughs> I don't know if I was lowering the shoulder, um, <laughs> attempting to run over a guy, I'm more so protecting myself and the ball from yes. um, getting hit. But I, there was a small drop of the run. shoulder. Yeah, 12 yards. Um, it, was, it, was, it was exciting. It was, it was fun. And I'm sure that one had to feel good, picking that one up, because now you can turn and be like, hey, coach, like, we, we got that one. So now yeah. we, can, we can start calling some more. Yeah, I mean, we can call some more. I even talked to the running backs coach. I said, you need to put me on the depth chart, dude. Like, I'm a <laughs> – I'm a good contender for maybe like a fifth string running back spot. So that's right. Hey, you look like you know you look like a receiver. I mean, yeah, you're I got, athletic, you're I got an athletic a, guy. I got a pretty good build on me. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't look like a, 
I don't. Even, I feel like people associate uh, specialists with looking like unathletic, kind of being more athletic than the bunch <laughs> of the the team. But you know, I feel like I, um, I feel like I fit in, and I have a couple guys on the team. Um, mostly the DBs because they're they're usually shorter than the other guys, but they're like. Um, they're like, dang! I don't. I never really realized how tall you were, dude. And so, <laughs> it's it's pretty funny to hear them say that. It's like, yeah, like you're you're shorter than I thought you were. But <laughs> you know, we were we were kind of puzzled a couple of weeks ago because Matt and I saw you. It looked like a rugby style punt. Yeah. And, and we were like, wait, wait a minute! That doesn't make any sense at all because you're hitting the ball extremely well. You're punting the ball. Well, and then we we find out a couple of days later, or maybe it was post game. I'm not sure, but there was a there was a called fake punt on that one. You, you there was a uh, chance you could have thrown the ball. Yeah, so um, that one was uh, a, our green call. Uh, this last fake that we ran the ball was our ox green call, and so the green call um, our. Adjuster Ty Arrington was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> We're giving away all the secrets. Well, <laughs> green, well, green. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, now that it's I not anymore. It's, it's, it's already, anymore. it's already out there. Um, it's but, laser fire pink. Right yeah, now, yeah. And so, um, so we had Ty uh, run across the field, and um, if he was open, I was just supposed to throw him the ball. And so I, I was rolling out, um, hoping to throw him the ball, but there was a guy like tailing it right behind. So. Uh, yeah, I had to punt. I had to punt the ball uh, while on the run, and um, it, I'd say it's something I don't have a hard time with. Obviously, I wish I connected with the ball a little bit better than I had, but it was fun. It was still fun, though. So, would you rather run for a first down on a fake punt or throw for a first down? Then I'd probably, I'd probably say run for the first down because um, <laughs> you want to bowl someone, don't you? Maybe if it was like a like a super deep pass, I went for a touchdown or something <laughs> like that. But if it, if it was only like a like a just barely got the first down, maybe like 15-yard pass, I'd probably settle with the run at that point. Well, you know what? I have faith that even if you run the ball, if you were to lower your shoulder, you could probably run over someone, someone out there. <laughs> maybe a corner. I'm not, I'm not certain, but I, I, I can tell that you're ready to do this. Yeah, during the week I was <laughs> telling guys that I was going to do that, but once, <laughs> once, once, once it was in the game, I was like, okay, I just need to get the first down. And so yeah. I, I didn't attempt to uh, – Go put add something else to the highlight reel. Yeah, I don't want to encourage you. I, I'm, I'm just joking. Just get, get down, get the first down, and, and we want you back out there. We're going to talk more punting and kicking with Hunter Green, uh, redshirt freshman here in northern Colorado. We are happy that he's here tonight, and we're happy that he's one of the Bears, and we're thrilled that you're listening tonight on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA from the GOAT in West Green. Look at this crowd, Hunter. Man, you bring all the fans out. What's going on? <laughs> All right, we're coming back with Hunter Green on the UNC Coaches Show after this. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the Golden West Greeley right here on 1031 and 1310 KFKA. Terry Gaber, super fan, is here. He's been gone for over a month. He said it. I think he's been gone for two months. Doing Elks Club stuff, right? Well, it's good to good to see Terry, and his, he grew a beard while he was gone. So he is the super fan. Yeah, he used to have the stash only. Now he looks like Santa Claus. So we're happy that uh, you're back, Terry, along with the Larsons are here. And also uh, Jeremy, Abby, and Maverick. Maverick just won the door prize. Great, great UNC Bears fan. Great job, Maverick. 
And Hunter Green is here, punter, kicker, and one of the most valuable players on this team, speaking with Gator and, my, uh, and me right now. Uh, Hunter, when you go into a game like this, you haven't won uh, a football game this season. I know it's uh, discouraging and all that. How, how do you approach it, though, um, as a special teams player, a kicker, and punter? Um, obviously, the the record at this point in the season is what the team would like. Um, and so going into this game, I feel like a lot of dudes are um, fired up, not only to get this uh, first win, but also just kind of to just – I mean, it's also rivalry, rivalry week, so it's, like, this yeah. is, it's a big game for us. Um, That's right. And – I mean, from a special team standpoint, I feel like our our season, um, like in special teams, hasn't really reflected reflected what our record is right now. I feel like our special teams has been um, extremely performing extremely well under um, Coach Lamb and uh, Coach Justin Walterscheid this season. So, uh, going into this game, just the uh, the same game plan. It's football. You, you kick kick the ball with your foot. <laughs> Make sure you hit it solid. Yep. It's what you got to do. So I asked Coach Lamb about the elevation. Is that something that you see? And as a kicker punter, do you kind of get excited when you see that? And a two-part question here. Also with that, what is the furthest that you've ever made from in, in a game and then just out practicing by yourself for field goals? Yeah, so uh, not so much with the field goals. I noticed the elevation make much of a difference, but kickoffs, kickoffs and punts is where you start to notice those differences in terms of just how far the ball goes and how long it kind of just sits in the air. So going, going up a little bit higher than where we are right now, I'm excited because uh, I'm trying to put one of my kickoffs to the uprights. That's a, that's a goal Love for me it. this Been close season. a lot. Yeah, so I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping that the ball just flies uh, extremely well that, or like as well as I'm expecting it to. Um, and then uh, my farthest uh, in game, I believe, is like the 46-yard field goal that I made against Sacramento State. Um, so that was, that was a personal best for me in game, and I was extremely uh, excited and happy about that one. And then just out, out on the field practice uh, without pads, just by myself, um, 70, 70 is my, my long. Wow. Incredible. All right, when you punt the ball, the most beautiful thing, one of the most beautiful things in the world to me is watching that perfect spiral and the thing what we call turning it over. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's turning called, it over. Yeah. Okay. So don't you wish you could just punt every punt like that? Because it seems like, you, how many different versions of punts do you have? You can turn it over, and then you're able to do it at will, whatever you want to do. You, you, you punt it end over end. We've seen that, and then we've seen like a little wobbler, and you do that on purpose as well, correct? Yeah, so um, turn it, like, it's always exciting to turn the ball over. It kind of just slices through the air, drives the farthest, and then um, the, when you're getting like the end over end and the wobble, it's nice in the situations uh, – like a pooch where you're not necessarily trying to kill the ball and uh, kick it as far as you can, and you're trying to more place it and uh, trying to get the returner to kind of second-guess how he's going to catch the ball because the ball right. is just sitting up in the air, and he, he knows that the, the coverage team is starting to press on him. So um, it's, it's, it's exciting to use all of them, but you, m most of the time, just in most of the situations that we've gotten this season, turning the ball over um, is the best in it. it it's ex it's exciting when it when it's super tight and just flies in the air. It gets me fired up. So, what situation would you rather be punting from? Then, where you're kind of standing at midfield and 
trying to get more hang time, pin them inside the 10, inside the 5, or where you're more backed up inside of our own territory and you can just let it loose, try to get one of those 70-yard punts that you had earlier this year? Uh, I'd probably say my my favorite is just kind of where we're probably, like, in our own half, and um, I know that I can, like, kick the ball as like, far as I want to, but I'm not really getting close to the end zone, so I don't have to really worry about a touchback and rather... Um, if I really do crush it, it will get roll, kind of roll down inside the 10. So that way I kind of have um, a ton of space to just kind of let loose. Okay, listen, I'm going to ask Micah if he can pull up the game show music if he's still back here. I, I just thought this would be fun because when I was a kid, these were household names, these kickers and punters. Now, Gator won't be able to answer these either, but I, I, I just thought for my own amusement – I would ask, I'm going to tell you some, give you some names of famous kickers or punters, old guys, all right? Some of them still aren't alive. I mean, you know, there's a few in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to give you their names, and I want you to guess who they kicked or punted for, Okay. all right? So, you know, guys that are like me, plus 50, 60, 70 years old, I just think this will be hilarious. Okay. All right, ready? Here we go. Garrel Upremian. Oh wow! Um, this is, so this is NFL. This is NFL. These are NFL kickers or punters, and I'm telling you, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, if you would have said these names, the kids would have. Oh, I know where he plays for. <laughs> he plays for the you know the Giants, whatever. Okay, so Garrow, you premium. Um, he he sounds like a big Miami Dolphin guy. Hey, nice. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Rich Carlos. Um, maybe like the the Buffalo Bills. Woo! Oh. Mark knows. Mark knows. Broncos. I oh, gave him okay. an easy one. Broncos. Didn't wear a shoe, right? He was. He, he, he did not. He kicked oh, and he didn't wear a shoe. Barefoot kicker. Yep, barefoot kicker in the snow. Okay, here we go. Ray Guy. Oh. So I know the name Ray Guy, but I actually I don't know where he played. Um, like maybe like the Vikings. They just they just fired their head coach a couple oh, days ago. Oh, the Raiders. Ago. There he bingo. Oh. Good job. Okay. Two out of three. Okay, here we go. I love this. This is a fun game. Tom Dempsey. Oh, these, this is this is hard because I'm just I was just guessing. But, <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. Go like the Cardinals or the Cowboys. I changed it to the Cowboys. Okay, good one. Good, good guesses. He held the, the record forever. 63 points, had half a foot, literally half to half a foot, oh. and he punched it. The Redskins? Close. Oh. Close. That was Mosley. I have him on here as well. It was New Orleans, the Saints. Oh. Terry Gaber had it. He's as old as I am, so Terry would know that. So he held the record forever until Jason Elam kicked the uh, – Tying field goal for the oh the what the, the Redskins <laughs> the Broncos oh the Broncos yeah very good this is awesome okay I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you a few more just I, don't, I don't know much about the I Broncos mean, this, I'm this, sorry uh, hey that's okay it's not like there are any Bronco fans in here right? <laughs> just our producer okay. Micah at the uh, booth there okay George Blanda. Long time. I, I think ago. I've heard the name. Yes, but <laughs> the Raiders. Very good. Hey, <laughs> what 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 made him unique? Um, like 
George Blanda? Yeah. Oh. He, he played quarterback also. That's what that was? He played quarterback Quarterback well? and kicked. Yep. Dual threat like Yeah, me. dual threat. That's right. Just like you. So that's why I brought it up. Hey, kickers can do this. Yeah. They can throw. They can run. They can, you know, punish the defense when they lower their shoulder. And, okay, so here, let's get two more here. How about uh, this? This is easy. You'll get this. Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, so Janikowski played for the Raiders, and then he also Good. had a stint on the Seahawks, I'm pretty sure, as well. Excellent. Excellent. All right, one more, one more. I love it. This is too much fun. Thank you very much, and thank you, Raider, for listening. Uh, Gator, for listening to the, all the Raiders kickers on here. <laughs> How about uh, Jan Stenerud? Oh, my gosh. Jan um, Stenerud. The Vikings. Ooh, Close. That, that would have made sense, you know, the Norwegian or, you know, the Scandinavian thing. That would have made it the Chiefs. Oh. So he was a Super Bowl kicker. I think he's in the Hall of Fame as well. So you did very, very well. Very well. I appreciate Hunter. that. I appreciate that. I might have had some help from uh, people people like Terry? listening Superman? and watching. Yeah. I love it. But. Well, that's that's why Terry's here, <laughs> to help the guest. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm just impressed that you brought up uh, your premium. Do you know his famous play in the Super Bowl? You need to look at it, Gator. There was a there was a field goal. I can't even remember what Super Bowl it was, but the snap missed the snap. Upremian gets the the football and he's juggling this thing all over <laughs> the place, running around. Look it up tonight, Garrow Upremian and the Miami Dolphins. All right, okay? I will. Excellent. Hunter, it was great having you on the show. You have anything else for Hunter? Uh, you know, I actually I do have one more question. Good. That I want to ask you. Not a trivia question, but I feel like <laughs> a lot of the times punters, kickers get a lot of hate. Very easy for them to get a lot of hate. You miss a field goal in a game or a shake a, shank a punt, and people at home are going to be like, that's all you do during practice. How do you go out there and miss a field goal? <laughs> so I want to know. It happens to everyone at every level of the game. What's the hardest thing about kicking that the average spectator might not know? Um, I just say the hardest thing about kicking is just like the the consistency of it, being able to hit the same ball every time in the same spot. And I mean, there's factors you you have different distances, different you're either on the left hash, right hash, or in between. Um, weather can also play a difference, but it it all kind of just comes down to consistency and how like how hard you've trained. Um, because just the better the better a kick you are it doesn't have to mean you kick the ball the farthest it's however many times you're putting it through the uprights and just doing what you do to like perfection so um i feel like towards towards this back end back stretch of the season especially in big sky play i've started to kind of find a sweet spot and really feel my game in both uh punting game and kicking games and so it's just going back to my going back to my training and just trusting trusting what i've worked on for the past couple of years and then how much of it can be a mental game sometimes especially with field goals and extra points it can it, it's it's a pretty pretty big mental game there'll be a couple of kicks where i go out there i'm like like oh man like <laughs> I, I get pretty nervous i get to be honest i get pretty nervous when my my dad's in attendance just because he doesn't have the opportunity to go so many games so when i had my field goal attempt at uh cal poly that i made i was that one was probably one right. of the most nervous kicks in my career just because i was i did not want to miss like at all costs and so but kind of um, a thing I'd like to add is uh, last season didn't really go the way I wanted it to go, and um, it was kind of I kind of just like stepped into college football and really got the feel of it, and um, I was I was pretty nervous to, to be honest. But a, a thing that has really helped me this season is just the 
the opportunity to play even more and the bigger role that I'm having uh, thanks to Coach Lamb and Coach Jadub um, and just being able to punt and do kickoffs because I feel like it helps take uh, some of the, the stress and the nervousness out of my field goals just because I'm already, I've already been on the field. I've already kicked the ball around a couple times, and I'm just like – it also – is a lot more fun, so I'm just I'm just having a good time and just relaxing and playing football with my teammates. Well, you've done an outstanding job. We love watching you. And Hunter Green, thank you very much for coming on the UNC Coaches Show here at the Goat in West Greeley. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Yep, you were you were outstanding, Gator. You won't be here next week. I won't. All right, we'll miss you, but we will talk to you on Saturday from Northern Arizona against the Lumberjacks, and it's a uh, 12 noon pregame show on 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. For Micah Kilpatrick back at the mothership and Mark Larson and everyone here along with Terry Gaber and his lovely wife, uh, Mark Larson's lovely wife, Maureen, uh, we appreciate all the UNC fans here once again. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you on Saturday. Thanks for listening on 103.1 and 1310 KFK.